Hello, everybody, and welcome back to For the Love of Michigan podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. So, like I mentioned in the introduction, we're going to be going over Governor Whitmer's handling of COVID-19 from the beginning and up until this point. But before we get into that, there was some news that I saw today at the time of recording this, which is Thursday. State Representative uh, Jewel Jones, hopefully I didn't mispronounce that, but Representative Jones of the 11th District of the Michigan House of Representatives, he was arrested a couple of months back uh, for violating parole multiple times, as well as drunk driving, I'm pretty sure. That was one of his original arrests. Uh, Right now, he just got removed from his House committee assignments by House Speaker Jason Wentworth. So Representative Jones is actually a Democrat from Inkster. And apparently this time, he brought in a handcuff key into the Livingston County Jail on Tuesday, which resulted in new felony charges. I don't know why you would do that. That's kind of weird that you would bring in handcuff keys into a jail when you're already getting charged for violating parole and you're state house representative that's just that's not a good look <laughs> that is not a good look at all uh sheriff wentworth oh no sorry house speaker wentworth <laughs> had the following quote to say in an m live article Representative Jones's increasingly disruptive and distracting behavior in the months following his April arrests has eroded my confidence in his ability to conduct the people's work. That behavior hit a new low yesterday when he appears to have made a bizarre attempt to escape from jail, potentially resulting in two new charges. Well, I will say that uh, House Speaker Wentworth's decision to uh, remove Jones from his House committee assignments was a smart move. I mean... We just can't have people like that representing the people of the state of Michigan, especially in Inkster. You know, this is about on par, if not worse, uh, with Representative uh, Posthumus when he was in that drunk driving accident a couple of months back, uh, the 73rd District of Michigan. So it's a shame that the, the state representatives that we elect are making these poor choices. So. Hopefully, Representative Jones learns from this, and I I guess we'll see how things go. I guess these new charges against Jones uh, accuse him of bringing a weapon into jail, which doesn't make sense because it was a handcuff key, but I guess you can make weapons out of anything in jail. Uh, And attempting to escape custody, his bond has been set at $100,000 according to the 53rd District Court in Livingston County. Uh, If you guys want to look at this article, I'll make sure to link it in the info of this episode. I'll be keeping my eyes out to see what happens next in the Jones Chronicles. But for the main event, because I used to be a pro wrestling nerd, still am to a certain extent. But the main event of this episode is Governor Whitmer's handling of COVID-19. As I said in the introduction episode... My thoughts on her handling have changed from the beginning to now, and I think it's very interesting how she's handling it now, especially with all the Delta surges happening in the state of Michigan. I Last I checked, we were in the red in the state of Michigan, or at least orange, or however the CDC is labeling us. 
but there's widespread COVID surges in the state of Michigan, including in my county. You know, it, it's pretty rough over here, but things seem to be okay. It, it's really weird. It's a weird situation. So I just want to paint a picture of back in March of 2020. That feels like it's been 10 years ago, but really it was just last year. So around, I think it was March 13th. I feel like that was the Michigan presidential primary or that was when we announced lockdowns. Uh, but I was coming back from Toronto with a group of friends. It was actually perfect timing because two days later we found out that there was a breakout case of COVID on the public transit. So good thing we didn't use that. But we came back from Toronto. A couple of days later, the Michigan presidential primary happened and then I believe it was maybe two days after the primary, uh, Michigan announced the lockdown. So that was really, I don't want to say scary, but it was like, okay, yeah, two weeks to flatten the curve. You know, that's fine, whatever. We're going to beat COVID. You know, it's not going to be a big deal. So from the start, I understood. It sucked. Uh, you know, didn't get to have my on-campus jobs banquet that year. Lost my on-campus job during that time. It was fine. So, you know, I understood from the beginning that this was the right course of action to take. And if it only takes two weeks to, you know, curb stomp this virus, then, you know, we got to do what we got to do. As the summer progressed, though, this is where things starting started to get really unfortunate. And I feel like it led to a lot of people getting pissed off which rightfully so. So I don't really have this in chronological order, but I remember, or I'm sure a lot of you remember, the Michigan Supreme Court stripped Whitmer of her emergency powers. I think it was based on a 1940s law that the Michigan Supreme Court actually ruled against last summer. So she was pretty much rendered useless as to what she could do. Because of this, she weaponized the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, and they basically enacted all the orders that she wrote, so she still had her hand in the pocket of the department. Her husband, I remember this very well, her husband pulled the My Wife is the Governor card when he wanted to be on his boat. He tried taking his boat out of the marina. The marina wouldn't let him, and he said that he was the governor's wife, so that was fun. That was fun to read about. And it just, from the lockdown standpoint, it didn't make much sense as it progressed. Sure, got to flatten the curve of COVID-19. I get that. But there were certain things that didn't make sense. I mean, we weren't allowed to see family. We weren't allowed to see friends unless we were living with them. You know, we had to be remote to our household, which sucked. But there were some things that were open, or I guess weren't open, that didn't make much sense. Uh, this is kind of a a dumb aside, and it's not really important in the grand scheme of things. But customers couldn't shop in the gardening sections during the lockdown. Now, in my experience, just seeing the Meyer gardening section, which was outside, and you can maintain proper social distancing protocols, it didn't make sense for people to not go to the gardening section. I mean, you're telling people to stay at home, you can't do anything, you can't go to the movies, you can't hang out with people. I'm sure people hung out with others anyway, but 
if you're limiting limiting them to their house, surely if they want to do a housing project, they should be allowed to go to the gardening section. I mean, it's not it's not a big deal, and it still isn't. And it wasn't then, and it isn't now. It was just really weird. And then another thing that was weird, and it, it kind of frustrates me just from a commuting standpoint, since I have a job now that makes me commute. <laughs> it's not fun at all, but it is what it is, the commuting part, I mean. You know, there's a lot of construction going on right now, and it didn't make much sense for them not to do construction last year because nobody was on the roads. I mean, I remember vividly that Whitmer was like, you don't travel on the roads. I mean, now everybody sucks at driving in the state of Michigan, but, you know, if people weren't on the roads to begin with, they could have easily done construction work on these freeways that really need it, or even some of the roads that really need it. You know, fix the damn roads. Everybody remember that? I do. It was... What, what a way to run your campaign. Fix the damn roads. I mean, it worked. She won. But I don't know. So many better options to run on. Like, I don't know. Fixing Flint water. Mm, that's still a thing. We'll always have terrible roads, I feel like. But, you know, Flint water. Still killing people. Still making people sick. But what do I know? So... The summer was just insane. Everybody was locked down except for Whitmer. You know, she there was this article during the summer where she went to her summer home, I'm pretty sure, and there was people there for one of her daughter's graduation parties. And so it's one of those things where everybody's locked down, but she is still living the dream on the taxpayer's dollar, really. And, you know, we can't see our family. We can't see our friends outside of our immediate household if you're a college student like I am. But she can do a graduation party at her summer home. Like it, the hypocrisy is was unreal and quite frankly still is. I'm still quite pissed off and I'm sure a lot of different Michiganders are. So what it comes down to is a lot of rules for thee and not for me. I think two things that stick out adamantly, at least for me. She left the state for President Biden's inauguration. And we were still relatively locked down back in January. We still couldn't really see anybody. And I think this was actually the second wave of lockdowns because we went back down for something. There was huge surges in COVID during the winter and a lot of businesses closed. So they still suggested that we shouldn't travel anywhere, but she did. And granted, the inauguration was socially distanced from from what I saw or what we saw. But still, it didn't make much sense for her to go there while she imposed travel restrictions. Speaking of travel restrictions, she saw her chronically ill father in Florida. She left the state of Michigan and traveled down to Florida while she imposed restrictions on travel out of state. Now, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to social media or the news, but Florida was a COVID... (laughs) That was a hot spot for COVID when Governor Whitmer went down there to visit her chronically ill father. Now, I have nothing against the governor visiting her chronically ill father. You know, if you have a sick family member, obviously you'd want to go see them. That's just human nature. I have no problem against that. What I have a problem, and what a lot of Michiganders had a problem with, was she left the state while she imposed travel restrictions on people going out of state, And she also went to a state that had 
a ton of surges in COVID. Say what you will about Florida. Whether you support Governor DeSantis or not, say what you will. But it was still irresponsible of Whitmer to do that. I mean, we have Zoom, we have FaceTime, you know, Google Hangout. She could have done something. Now, obviously, we don't know the severity of how chronically ill her father was. But regardless, come on, rules for thee and not for me, you know. I mean, you hear Republicans say that all the time, but if you're able to look at it objectively, like, you know, this this is true. A lot of Democratic governors follow the rules for thee and not for me. I mean, staying relevant to current events, Gavin Newsom, Governor Newsom, the governor of California who just survived a recall election. Don't know how that happened. Well, I do know. I mean, California is more blue than Papa Smurf, so I understand. But... He went to that restaurant, a private event during the height of COVID, maskless. I mean, vaccines weren't out during that time. So that was a super spreader event. So, and, you know, just to make things fair, you know, when Trump held all those events at the White House, you know, those were super spreader events, whatever. So still rules for thee and not for me. Now, when we look at the current state of affairs, Oh, September 16th, 2021, at the time that we're recording this, Delta variant cases are surging. Say what you will about that. Uh, But Whitmer is not imposing any restrictions. She is taking a limited government approach to it. The decision regarding mask mandates and, for the most part, vaccine mandates, which I think is called kind of null and void now because of Biden's latest speech, But they're left to the local governments, which I find very interesting because, for one, Whitmer is a Democrat. I mean, if anybody knew that, you know, she's a Democrat. And Democrats are pretty much right now pro-vaccine mandate and pro-mask mandate, especially when it comes to the schools. And I think in most cases, I am a supporter of limited government. I feel like government should not tell us what we should do with our bodies, you know, Vaccine mandate, whether or not women can get an abortion, you know, it's our choice, it's our bodies, we should be able to do what we want. So I like this approach of limited government. What doesn't make much sense, and I'm going to pull up the article right now from uh, MLive, which I'll also link in the info description of this episode. It's weird that she is doing this approach now. She, and and I'll quote from the article, We're in a very different position than we were back then, right now. Every one of us has the tools we need to stay safe, and that's why we are encouraging these decisions to be made at the local level. That increases the odds that people will follow them and will adhere to them when they feel as though they have had an opportunity to have some input. And that is why this is such an important thing that these decisions are happening at the local level. So interesting, right? At the beginning of the pandemic, it was very big government. You know, we're going to shut down the economy. We're going to lock all of you down. You know, you can't do anything fun. Screw you. You know, all that good stuff. You know, this is for your health. Again, at the beginning, I understand. But as this went on, it just started to make less sense, especially when the vaccine was getting rolled out. And so now we're at a point where Whitmer says that these local governments have the tools in order to be safe and to put in these mask mandates if need be. Which kind of begs the question as to whether or not local governments had these tools before. I feel like 
some of the governments or shoot, I'll just say all of the governments, to a certain extent, they probably weren't prepared. But I feel like as the pandemic went on, we were more prepared and I feel like we were given the tools. I also feel like humans, no matter if you're Democratic or Republican, I feel like we can make the decisions for ourselves based on our health. You know, I'm a very big proponent of the saying, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. So, I mean, if you don't mask up, you, you don't get vaccinated, which is your choice. Um, but at the beginning, you know, if you didn't do this and you got sick, then like, okay, that makes sense, you know. But at the same time, especially now, because as I said, my opinions changed between the beginning and now. Uh, while I still believe in the saying, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, everything is still and should be your choice. Whether you want to get the vaccine, your choice. You know, if you want to mask up, your choice. I don't think the government should tell us what to do. And like I said at the introduction episode, this is one of these things where I'm kind of Republican in terms of limited government. The government shouldn't tell us what to do with our bodies. Plain and simple. If you choose not to get the vaccine, good for you. That is your choice. You did the research, your choice. Not anymore, though, because of uh, all these medical places that are mandating the vaccine and Biden's latest uh, speech for the vaccine mandate, which is not really a mandate, but it is very strange. You know, this is just the world that we're living in. So I still feel like the vaccine works. It should work. It should limit the spread of COVID-19. Personally, we shouldn't be mandating masks. If the local government or if the school board wants to mandate masks, fine. That's on the local government. Let the parents protest about the mask mandates at the local level. State and federal should not get involved in that at all. We're at a point where people are getting vaccinated to the best of their abilities. I feel like we're reaching a point where... We're going to get to herd immunity. I feel like, honestly, because people are vaccinated, if people are getting COVID, it's not really impacting them as harshly as it did at the beginning. So I think COVID's going to be one of those things where, you know, it, it is an influenza from what I heard when I was really sick back in late July. I asked my PA about COVID and they said that it's an influenza. So... I'm willing to bet as this virus progresses, I mean, there's going to be mutations and different variants. Sure, that's just how viruses work. But I feel like we're going to get, we're going to, get to a point where COVID-19 is like the flu. And in a lot of cases, it is, depending on if you're immunocompromised or not. So also, I just want to say I'm pro-vaccine, but don't mandate it. I just want to <laughs> get it out there. Got my double shot of COVID uh, back in April and May. So... Before anybody comes at me, just want to let you guys know. <laughs> so, there's also an issue in general with COVID-19. You know, this was at the state and federal level as well, where COVID is politicized to no end. And I don't really know, honestly, who the catalyst of that was. It's really hard to pinpoint when exactly COVID was politicized. Well, actually, I think I can get an idea, but it wasn't really obvious. So I think COVID got politicized right around the time Operation Warp Speed was introduced by President Trump. And say what you will. Again, say what you will about Trump. Personally, I never really liked him. 
Uh, just from a PR standpoint, he was a shit show of a president. Well, we can all agree on that for the most part. But Operation Warp Speed brought us these vaccines. You know, we sent money to these companies, Pfizer, uh, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson. We gave them money to make these vaccines and speed along the process. You had people like President Biden, well, then former Vice President Joe Biden, uh, then Senator Kamala Harris, just a bunch of these high-profile Democrats saying that they wouldn't get the vaccine because of Operation Warp Speed. And now we're at a point where... Democrats are saying, get the vaccine. The vaccine is safe. And we'll also call it the Republicans as well. Your freedoms, your personal freedoms, whatever. You know, each side politicized this to no end. But it was mostly the Democrats, especially at the federal level, that said that they wouldn't take the vaccine because it was under President Trump. And now we're talking about getting vaccines and vaccine mandates. Make it make sense, folks, because it doesn't. We're getting played like a damn fiddle, for the most part. And when you get to the state of Michigan, I feel like, at least from Whitmer, she never really politicized COVID. I think it mostly came down to the Republican-controlled legislator that politicized COVID. And then the Democrats just jumped on that and were at war with the Republicans in the state of Michigan. It is what it is. It sucks, but that's kind of the game. So... I feel like, honestly, if politicians didn't politicize COVID, we would have been out of this last year. Quite frankly, if we just all shut up and just did the thing, would have been completely fine. Now, granted, yeah, you got QAnon, you got a bunch of crazy people out there, but at the same time, if we all just did our part, if 80%, 85% of us did our part, we would have been out of this. But now we are reaping the repercussions of our own failure as Michiganders, as American people. We are living with this mess, this mess of COVID-19 because we didn't do our part. We endorsed the hurt and now we got to live with the shame. That's just how it is. Hopefully things will start changing with them in the next year. But personally, I feel like we are going down a path that we set the course and we didn't do anything to stop it. And I think we're going to start seeing some changes in 2022. We may like it or we may not like it. I still have hope in the election system and I still have faith in humanity. Right now, we really screwed up. Now, back to COVID-19. Back to Governor Whitmer's handling of COVID-19 and her limited government approach now, which is a little weird because we have the gubernatorial race coming up during the midterms in 2022. Could this be a ploy? We don't know. I don't know. I'm just speculating. I feel like it could be. But should this limited government approach by Governor Whitmer, should this have been done sooner? I think, in hindsight, sure. I feel like while COVID is surging in the state right now, I don't know many people that have COVID right now. I think everybody did their part for the most part, got vaccinated if they wanted to get vaccinated. And that's why we're not really seeing, well, I'm personally, I'm not hearing too many people getting COVID, at least in my county or at my university. I think after the first two weeks at the beginning of the summer, once when we had a better understanding of COVID and how this was spreading, I think limited government could have worked. I mean, we should have been more responsible for ourselves. And again, sometimes limited government 
works. In other cases, it doesn't. So I do agree that big government stepped in for the two weeks. I think that was good until we got a better handle of it. But once when we got a better handle of it, once when we understood the transmission of COVID-19, once when we understood that masks were supposed to work, we should have been able to live our lives after that. There's no reason, I mean, other than if you were immunocompromised, because I, I feel bad for the immunocompromised. I know people that are immunocompromised. It sucks for them. I know people personally, like I said, that are immunocompromised. And I wouldn't visit them during the beginning of the pandemic because I was worried if I got COVID, if I was asymptomatic, I would have infected them. So it's that type of personal responsibility that I feel like a majority of Michiganders have, but we were never afforded the opportunity to do so. But again, hindsight's 2020. All we can do is learn, and God forbid there be another pandemic that's this serious. I hope we can learn from it. I really do. You would think that we would have learned from the flu outbreak back in the early 1910s. Quite frankly, people back then were Neanderthals, but they still beat it within a year. We are going to be going on almost two years. Almost two. That, that's insane. In a couple of months, it'll be almost two years that we've been dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. I don't know what that says about us. Quite frankly, I, I'm disappointed in us. But we live and learn, and hopefully things will be better. So, thank you for listening to the For the Love of Michigan podcast. I, hope you, I really do hope you guys enjoyed this. I had fun recording this episode. I always talk to my friends and family members about Governor Whitmer's handling of COVID-19. I'm glad that I was able to talk about this on a public platform and kind of give a moderate take to her handling of COVID-19. Whether or not she survives the gubernatorial election uh, during 2022, we'll see. I know that she's campaigning right now. I know that there's a lot of Republican candidates that are campaigning right now as well, but it's looking a little bit worrisome for the Whitmer camp. I believe the last time I checked, or last time I talked to somebody about this, Governor Whitmer was pulling at a 50%. Now, granted, she's raising a ton of money, but the presumptive frontrunner of the Republican nominees, Garrett Saldano, he is out fundraising every single Republican. I think he was at 680000 last month or a couple of weeks ago. He's coming. He's coming for Governor Whitmer. And he's not an established Republican at all. I think that should scare the shit out of the Democrats if it doesn't already. I know it does for some groups. I know it does. Just based from people I talk to. But the Democrats should be scared. Because Michigan has always been a battleground state. And who we vote for president doesn't exactly reflect on who we vote for governor or our state reps or state senators. It's going to be interesting. I think this is the most excited I've been for an election, and we'll kind of see how it goes. So I'm excited. Thank you for listening to For the Love of Michigan. I hope you guys have a great day, and for the love of Michigan, do something about this state.